Hey everyone, it's Caleb, and I'm super excited that you decided to spend a few minutes of your day here with me today. Today, I have a great episode with you, or for you today. My guest is Catherine Wolf, and she is a survivor, a communicator, an advocate. And in uh, 2007, she suffered uh, a nearly life-ending uh, catastrophic stroke. She miraculously survived and continues her recovery to this day. And, uh, and today we talk with her about her story. She has a new book uh, that, is, that is released called Suffer Strong, How to Survive Anything by Redefining Everything. And it's a conversation that I'm really looking forward to happening happening and and having you listen to as well she along with her husband have launched the hope heals camp which is a a healing community for families with disabilities as well and we're going to have that conversation for you in just a second but before we get to that i want to remind you that the music that you're listening to is brought to you by my good friend sam massey and so if you have any needs whether that be or any video or audio needs he is the person to look up for any of that stuff and he would love to potentially work with you on that now as i mentioned today i'm talking with Catherine wolf and here is our conversation Catherine, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. And, and you've recently uh, come out with this book with, with your husband called Suffer Strong. And, we're, and you know, it's your second book. And you kind of start out um, in your first book telling your story of suffering. And so for those of uh, our listeners who may not be uh, familiar with you or with your story, would you mind just telling your story of suffering? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, well, well, there are many stories of suffering in all of our stories, yeah. but in this mm-hmm. story, um, specifically what the book Hope Heals is all about, is that at 26 years old, as a perfectly healthy young woman with a six-month-old baby at home and um, no warning whatsoever, no medical history, no family history. I had a massive brainstem stroke and very nearly died and subsequently became extremely um, disabled as I largely remain today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And t- talk to me a little bit of kind of what, what life has looked like a little bit since, since suffering that stroke. Yeah, yeah. After the stroke, I endured many years of therapies to relearn to speak and eat and walk. 
and I slowly became, um, you know, a person again in a lot of ways. I, I mean, of course, I always was, but I could not um, hardly function and still have a hard time functioning on my own today. I still cannot drive a car. And I do use a wheelchair most of the time, although I can now hobble around with the cane a bit. And um, I have relearned to swallow food, but it doesn't always go well. And I have a number of swallowing issues to this day. And I have extreme double vision. And probably most notably since the stroke, I've had 11, some of them very major surgeries. Um, to help my body recover, but most notably is that I had a very hospital experience in that I had a baby in summer of 2015. John Nestor is now four and a half years old and doing great. So I, um, I'm a mom again to a second baby in the midst of um, extreme disability. Yeah, and. I completely agree um, with what you were saying just at, at the beginning of that. Um, wh whether we like to admit it, or we, we all have different forms or different parts of our story that just involve suffering. And right. I'm, I'm sure your story, um, especially if it being a little bit more, I'm just out in the public has, has, you know, you've probably encountered a lot of people and heard a lot of stories of suffering as well right. from other people in their other lives. Absolutely, and, all kinds. Yeah, honestly, and, all of us have that for sure. Yeah, and um, and I was just wondering, and and just the stories that you heard, and even in your stories, have you seen any uh, similarities or things that are common between them? Between which ones? Between just stories, of, just stories of suffering. Have oh, you seen gosh. any things that are common? Oh, absolutely. It's fascinating whether it's something very small are very big. It's really all a different version of the same story of mm -hmm. suffering is suffering. No matter what you're going through, it hurts if it's happening to you. And yet at the same time, the perspective is so key in our sufferings and recognizing that um, this did not happen to me. This may have, but this did not. And this is not my story. So it's always both. And you know, we all have different brands of brokenness happening in our stories, all of us. But yeah, we all have the same opportunity to find strength in our stories. We all have the opportunity, I believe, to find God in the midst of our heart stories and to um, be overcomers in our stories, not victims. What, what has helped you find God in the midst of, in the midst of your story? Because I think people who are listening, they might, they might be listening. They go, it's really hard for me to find God in the midst of my story, but what has helped you see God in the midst of your story? Yeah, I have been able to um, wrap my mind around, uh, and I recommend this for all people in suffering is to wrap my mind around the narrative that God is writing it is so much bigger than me. And somehow my role is vital in that story. And while it can feel like this terrible curse to suffer, 
Instead, I've really seen the value of recognizing that I'm actually chosen for this life, not cursed by it, as some would say. But instead, God thinks very special of me to see me worthy. It says in Ephesians 4.1 that I am to live worthy of the special calling that I've received. And I believe that God is doing something very powerful through my story as part of a bigger story he's writing in the world. What, what helped you get to that point of just realizing that God is writing, writing a bigger narrative? Because in the midst of suffering, it's so hard to see that. Like, can you, can you take me back to the time to where, whether it was an event or a series of events, that, that helped you realize that God was writing a bigger narrative and wanted to use you in your story? Yeah, totally. I had walked with God throughout my life as long as I can remember. And yet, um, that doesn't mean my life was perfect by any means, but I knew a lot um, about my faith and knew a lot about the character of God. And when this happened, and for months afterwards, months, I just questioned, like, where is God in this? How could God be in this? How could this have happened? I'm caught between life and death. I'm not dead, but I'm not fully alive either. I feel trapped. And God must have made a mistake here. He really messed up because I'm not dead, but I'm not alive fully. And it would just be easier if I were gone. And this can't be part of God's plan for my life if God is even real. And I can remember moments of being so just confused, like none of this makes sense. Where is God? And there was a moment in November of 2008, actually, which is about six and a half months after my ordeal, that I can remember almost wanting to just give up and just say, I, I just can't live this life. I can't live my life in a wheelchair. I can't, um, this just can't be my story. And it was the near suicidal moment. And I was overwhelmed in that moment. And honestly, in every moment since then, with a profound sense that God was at work in my story. And that in fact, what I had always known, Romans 8, 28, that all things are working together for the good of those who love him, that somehow I was fearfully and wonderfully made in my mother's womb, as it says in Psalm 139. And somehow, 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 this was all something that I could trust God with and that I was not a victim here of this tragic story, tragic life. I mean, this young mom who has her whole future in front of her becomes severely disabled and unable to care for her baby and on and on. And instead, I was able to see that God was giving me this opportunity that this profound platform of deep pain was something I would be about stewarding for the rest of my life. And 
even in that weird moment in November 2008, I can remember feeling almost like inspired by the thought that God um, wanted to use my life so powerfully. And all I can say to people in the midst of really hard suffering in that realm is it something in my brain that is available to everyone, by the way, I'm not special, that something in my brain was able to recognize and wake up to the reality that God wastes nothing. And that this was an opportunity that through my suffering, God was going to allow a really powerful story to be written and that that would be leveraged for him. Can you talk to me a little bit about how you've seen God use your story of suffering and your story of pain since the stroke has happened? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, back after the stroke for the first couple of years, I kind of hibernated. I really went through a long series of just surgeries and therapies as I referenced. And really for the first five years in fact five years i always want to make that very clear five years i was really kind of underground um recovering and accepting my new normal and then slowly um i started sharing about what had happened to me and god showing up in my story and you know i would speak at like small events at churches and women's groups to mommy groups and then one thing just sort of led to another and my husband and i would share at a marriage conference of some kind and basically in 2013 we decided to make it more formal and we founded a 501c3 called hope heals and went into full-time ministry Shortly after that, um, a publisher approached us actually about writing a book of our story, and we did, and that was Hope Heals. And in addition to the ministry and speaking and writing, um, God really has allowed our lives to intersect a tremendous amount of people um, in tragic crisis situations and that has been just a huge blessing is we really get to speak into and comfort so many going through such incredibly hard hard pain and um you know much in the traumatic brain injury stroke realms but also all disability realms actually and more than that we very strongly believe that we are all all dealing with invisible wheelchairs that we all have stuff in us that is very broken and whether it's on the outside like an external wheelchair or on the inside like so many are coping with and dealing with um we all got stuff and um we have the opportunity in our stuff to trust god to get us through our stuff one, one thing that I've noticed um, whenever it comes to suffering, whether it be, um, whether it be in, in my own life or even just talking with people that I'm close with, is that 
there's such a strong tendency to not want to talk about it like right at all can you talk right. a little bit about that and why do you think that is yeah gosh there's a number of reasons i think one it's it's really sad to see people you love sad. And when you tell them your story, it can really bum them out. So I think there's a part of all of us that doesn't want to make other people sad. Mm -hmm. um, also, there's something in our world, in this Western world and in this modern world that wants to pretend it's not happening, that wants to get back to the healthy and wealthy way and wants to think nothing bad can happen to us. and talking about what hard stuff we're going through makes it more real. And we don't want it to be real. We want to pretend like everything's perfect and nothing bad can happen to us. And the opposite is true. And so I think there's, um, there's a lot there that we don't want to admit it even to ourselves. And saying it out loud would make it very true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then why? And, and I, I don't know. And I, I'd, I'd want your thoughts on this too. I think there's, um, there's part of it to where I think about even in my own story that I just wish that it hadn't happened to me at all. Or like, why, why did, why did this have to happen to me? And I think everybody probably goes through that at some point. What, what helped you move past that mentality? On um, the mentality of wondering like why this happened to me you're saying yeah yep um hmm i would say that i don't know there, there was a shift um after the first few months of really thinking that thought it dissipated more into a what now less of a why and more into a what now and the why is just so answerable i guess in time with um with perspective that we see well why not we live in a broken world terrible things happen people are suffering all kinds of tragedies every day so not so much why well why not like really bad stuff's going down in this world and um, no one's exempt from that so I think there's an awareness of, yeah, it's hard suffering all around and everybody's got some version of it, yeah. but the, the, what now of what are we going to do with what we have? What remains is always the key. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how grieving played a role, um, in towards moving towards health, like health and healing? Absolutely. Um, yeah, grieving plays a profound role. I absolutely believe we have to grieve our losses. So they surface down the road. I mean, when I had the stroke that's to be felt. And we need to feel, but the key is not to elevate the emotion it's to feel it and not suppress it not at all but not to elevate it either and let it rule our lives we must um be about and for each other i believe we need to be about um the ministry of tears of crying with each other recognizing 
but not letting that be the lead story, not letting that be the whole story. It's only part of it. I really liked what you were saying about not, not letting our emotions be elevated. How, how can you yeah. tell the difference between like your emotion is being elevated and you're just feeling the emotion that you were saying? Yeah. Um, that's a very good question. I don't know if we ever hit it perfectly. I don't know if mm -hmm. anyone knows the full answer to that. But I, for, for me, I can tell you my perspective. Um, yeah. if, if something is keeping me up late at night thinking about it, that's not healthy. <laughs> that's mm -hmm. elevating it. If I'm pretending that it's never happened and blocking it out, that's suppressing it. And both are wrong. Feeling things healthily, crying out to God, but leaving it there is the key. So for me, um, there's a way, especially as I hear so many other people's stories of suffering, there is a way to listen with deep empathy, but leave it there to empathize so, so real and deeply but not internalize where you're up late at night thinking about it and can't go to sleep and it's wrecking your life. So I think it's going to be a tension and no one probably hits it perfectly, but um, there is a way to feel real emotion, but not let it turn into anxiety. Is there anything else that, you know, we were talking about grieving, what else helped you move forward on the path to healing? Yeah, oh, so many things. Um, community was a huge part of it for me. I have an incredible husband and super wonderful supportive family on all sides and a vibrant church community and many sweet friends, all of whom were a part of really bolstering me up to um, sort of fuel me to go forward. Plus, of course, my deep faith was number one in taking this situation and deciding I can grieve, but I can move forward in grief. And, you know, they say you never really move on when there's terrible tragedy. You move forward. You're not going to forget where you've been. That's so silly. But you're going to be able to move forward one day. And what community can do is really speak that over you when you can't yet wrap your mind around it yourself. The notion that one day you're going to be okay is very powerful. Yeah. What, what do you do to encourage yourself when you're having a really tough day? Um... I'm big into music. I love worship music. I love yeah. any sort of praise music and really, um, yeah, really choosing to just concentrate on that praise music and maybe have a dance party and have a dance party with my kids to that yeah. praise music and really hang out at that place. I, I have to ask, what is some of your favorite worship music that you're listening to right now? Oh gosh, right now, 
I love um, the new song, The Blessing. Mm-hmm. I think it's by Carrie Joe, maybe with Elevation Worship. Yep. It's so good. Yep. And um, I, let's see, I love, um, well, I love all things Sandra McCracken, which would not be considered traditional worship music, but mm-hmm. her music is actually super, super worshipful. Yeah. Um, she writes incredible songs. She's out of Nashville. Look her up. If your listeners don't know her, Sandra McCracken is amazing. Um, I love Waymaker. Do you know Waymaker? It's I do. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a wonderful song. I listen to that a whole lot these days, actually. Yeah. And um, you know, a song I've really been loving lately is Goodness of God. The Goodness mm. of God is Running After Me. I think mm-hmm. it's Bethel Music. And it's um, it's an incredible song. Um I love Living Hope. I'm not sure who that's by. Maybe Passion Band. Mm-hmm. Um, Living Hope is like an anthem that I'm... Maybe Brett Yonker from Passion Band. Yeah. Anyway, I have all those on repeat. <laughs> yeah. That was what? kind of a long list. Sorry. Yeah. That, that's okay. I'm always up for good music recommendations. Oh, good. What, what have you learned in the years since the stroke... Uh, that maybe you couldn't have learned maybe another way. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it, but that's just Oh, what sure. I'm no, no, of course. I know what you mean. Um, many things for sure. One is that joy does not come only in a life free of pain and suffering. And I think that is really something I did not remotely understand. Mm-hmm. until after this happened is that there is joy um in a life that is not pain-free and in fact the worship the worship that we all do at the idol of a pain-free life is so mm-hmm. stupid because none of our lives are pain-free therefore yeah. we're not letting ourselves experience joy even in the hard stories and I would say that good and hard are not mutually exclusive is something I've definitely learned post-stroke that the good stories and hard stories coexist and nothing in life is one note. What do you mean by that? There's never just good and just bad and just hard and just easy. It's always all. You know, life is very bittersweet. And I think I really wanted to make it very black and white before my stroke. Really high categories. But the reality is even in the best stories, there is pain. There is hard stuff. And in the hard stories, there's goodness. And um, I think that's taken me a long time to recognize that I really want to teach that to my children that good and hard are not mutually exclusive at all, that God made them to do hard things and the good story he's writing in their lives. And that's um, pretty important, I feel like, in America in 2020 to teach your children that God made them to do hard things. And that's a very important concept for all of us to understand. And we've actually already been equipped to do hard things in our stories. And what have you learned about God since your stroke? Oh, so many things. Um, 
I've seen God so much as a comforter in my story, um, truly as one who who grieves with those who grieve and mourns with those who mourn and is there every step of, step of the way comforting me and protecting me and allowing me to heal and grow and really walking me so tenderly through this. So I think I've developed a deeper intimacy with God in my situation. And um, I've also seen God's power. I mean, I'm a miracle that I'm even here. Mm -hmm. So I've definitely seen um, just the tremendous power of God to perform miracles and save my life and allow me to do things like swallow that the doctors never thought I would do again. And then just as we're wrapping up, for the person who's listening to this and they find themselves in a situation to where maybe, maybe they don't want to be in it and they're going through tremendous suffering, what advice would you give to them? Hold on. You know, if you're going through hell, keep going. I think that is such a deep comfort that for some reason people don't say to each other, like in the midst of deep suffering, keep going, persevere. Also, I love the thought that there is deep, deep treasure that God gives in darkness. And that because of where you've been, the darkness you've been through, you get to gather that treasure and champion it for the rest of your life. I love the passage of Isaiah 45, three, where God says, I will give you hidden treasure in darkness, or I will give you treasure in darkness, riches stored in secret places so that you may know that I am God, the God of Israel, the God who summons you by name. And I love that picture that God is saying, I have special treasure for you hidden in the secret places. And you get to have it. You would never have chosen to go get that. You know, you never would have had wanted to walk that way. But since you don't have a choice, you might as well get the treasure and keep going. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Well, Catherine, I know that people are going to want to pick up your book, Suffer Strong, and even just continue to learn uh, more from you. Where's the best place for them to go to do those things? Yeah, totally. Our website, always Hope Heals, H-O-P-E-H-E-A-L-S.com. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for just sharing your story and oh, for just being you, on the Kayla. podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, it was great having Catherine on the podcast. Catherine, thanks for being on today. And I highly encourage anyone who's listened to this to check out her book, Suffer Strong, How to Survive Anything by Redefining Everything. And it's people like Catherine. I think we need, especially right now, I mean, we need um, we need people like Catherine all of the time, but especially in, in times to where we need, we need hope more than any other time it's just a great reminder so Catherine, thanks for thanks for reminding us of that thanks for being just a beacon of hope um just for just for everybody who's listening and even for your community as well 
Now, I want to remind you that the music that you're listening to is brought to you by my good friend, Sam Massey. And so if you have any audio or video needs, be sure to hit him up. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. And until next time, keep learning and keep growing.